Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at the Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office, annual Tuesday upload. Here we go. Jack, you excited? Oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's National Tuesday and we're here to bring you the content that you've been waiting for all weekend. National Tuesday. I like that. I like that. So as always, I'm Alex Penders and I'm joined by... And I'm by... Jack Byrne. And I'm Jack Byrne. Perfect. Yeah. So we're, we're, I think we're going to stick to the NBA today a little bit and then, you know... I, th- I think I think that's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna do NBA Tuesdays and then NFL Thursdays. You think? Yeah, I like that. Okay, okay, that's good. I mean, it's really only up to the two of us, so I mean, it's subject to change. But like right now, I think I think we're gonna stick with these NBA Tuesdays and then do some some Thursday breakdowns of the NFL games like we've been doing. Um, I mean, look, a lot has gone on in the past twenty four hours within the NBA, so we got a lot to talk about today, and. Um, you know, I just I think we got to start with the Woj bombs, you know? Yeah, big Woj bomb coming from and we've known that it was coming for a little while, but it finally came to fruition after I mean, frankly, months of waiting. Uh James Harden has been traded to the Los Angeles Clippers for a few bench guys and draft compensation. And Alex, I just want to get your initial thoughts on this trade, what you think it'll bring to each lineup and whether you think that there was a clear winner in the trade. Yeah, um, look, I think the fit is interesting, like, just to start. Like, when you talk about a team like the Clippers, who already have two guys, I mean, even three guys if you count Russell Westbrook as someone who's still probably, you know, a high-caliber NBA player. Um, But you now pair James Harden with Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook. Like, that's a a small starting lineup if you're going to start all of them, along with Zubak. Um, Maybe Mason Plumlee. But, man, is it... Yeah, maybe Mason, but man, is it lethal? Man, is it lethal? I mean, you get three veteran, four veteran players on your team, all who have been all stars. Two out of the four of them have been MVPs. All four of them have been top three in MVP voting in their careers. Just a little side note stat there. And to be honest with you, I don't think you gave up that much to get them. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about, um, some of the pieces that the Sixers got in a, in a few minutes. But, like, looking at this trade, I think that the Clippers really did well by not giving up any of the players that I would have thought would have had to have gone within a trade like this. Um, from the 76ers' perspective, you know, getting back Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Rob Covington, who's kind of trade bait all the time, um, K.J. Martin and a couple picks, like, how is that going to keep Joel Embiid happy? That's that's my biggest question when it comes to this entire thing, is that they didn't get enough of a return to keep their star player from requesting a trade. Yeah, and obviously I agree with what you said. Um, I think that bringing back those bench guys is maybe a good... Uh, honestly, I can't even say that I'm confident that it was a good win-now investment because those guys are all veterans and none of them really have deep playoff experience. So not a huge fan of the move for the Sixers. Obviously, Robert Robert Covington's coming back to Philadelphia. He spent 
I would say the majority of his career there. Yeah, um, like the good parts there in Minnesota. Really what stands out to me is like this team suddenly becomes a disappointing – it goes from a disappointing team to a team that everyone lays eyes on because now they have the premier four guys that basically everyone in our generation grew up watching. Yep, yep. We four all, when we were younger, grew up watching Russell Westbrook videos and we – watched Paul George ISO highlights and obviously the James Harden MVP season was unforgettable and everyone knows about Kawhi in the playoffs. Yeah, so now we all know yeah. what what tools these guys bring to this team, but they're in a similar state to the Phoenix Suns where once you get past the stars, there isn't much behind them. And I think that that's the story of this team. Can they keep up with the Denver Nuggets of that conference or can they keep up with even the Lakers in that conference if they don't have guys beyond their top four that can go out and score and you know obviously I gotta send love to Mason Plumley. he's a Duke guy so we have to support him but yep I don't think that he's a center that can bring you a championship you know what I mean no I agree um and look I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying that he's got some age um nowadays but like P.J. Tucker is also going to the Clippers, and I'm personally a really big fan of his, and I have been for a while. I think he's a great locker room guy, but I also just think that he's a good depth piece. He's a good defender. He does his role really well. He gets offensive rebounds. He misses corner threes, you know, but like... He does, he misses a lot of corner threes. <laughs> but like he knows, he's a guy who knows his role, and that's a good veteran piece that I'm not entirely sure why the Sixers were willing to give him up. Um... But that being said, like, I, th- I think your take is accurate. I think that the Clippers are really going to have to see, you know, what their depth can look like because now a lot of it has been depleted in this move. I mean, we're Marcus Morris guys, you know, because of that 2019-2018 Celtics team when he was on there. Um, so, like, we're always going to pull for a guy like Marcus Morris because he used to wear a Celtic green. But, I mean, obviously, like, for for me, I'm I'm just perplexed as to why the Sixers thought this was the best trade package they could get. Like even the pick swaps, like you're banking on the Clippers being bad after trading them James Harden, like that doesn't make very much sense to me, you know? Yeah, and me neither. And and even with the core that they had, they weren't bad. So what's the maximum that you get out of that? A second round pick, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or not a second. I'm sorry, not a second round pick. They first round pick swap. I mean, like a pick in the twenties. Yeah, I mean, look, the only the only reason that this would make sense to me is if you're looking to move Joel Embiid personally, because I don't think that this move is gonna keep him here. I think that the only prayer that the Sixers have that Joel Embiid wants to stay is one that he loves the city, and two that Tyrese Maxey has been balling, which is something that I mentioned in our preseason uh, episode last week when we talked about the most improved player, I think that he's going to step into that secondary role really nicely. But that being said, like I still don't see the value of this trade for the Sixers other than just getting a guy who was kind of a cancer in the locker room off your squad. And you know what? I'm glad you brought up Tyrese Maxey because I, I wanted to talk about him. To me, when this trade went down, it felt like the Sixers front office finally saw enough from Maxey where they were like, okay, we don't need this Harden guy anymore. Yeah, we're comfortable, right? Tyrese Maxey is now doing exactly what Harden was doing on that squad, but is doing it at a much smaller contract and at much less of a 
as you said, cancer to the locker room. Yeah, diva personality. And right. I think that they're really high on him. And so if they are looking to move Embiid, I, I wouldn't really I, – I could see them becoming a better team because they're putting more pieces around him than more pieces around Joel, who's now getting kind of old for a big man. Mm-hmm. Especially to not have won anything along his way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd call him old yet, right? Like, he's still very much in his prime, you know? Um, right, but realistically, I, how many more years does he have? They can't center a full rebuild around him. No, but I they agree. can around Maxi. So I if agree. that's the oh, direction think- they, they tend to go in, yeah. if they decide that they want to rebuild, I think they're going to push it around Maxi and not Embiid. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, like, I don't think you want to trade the MVP of the league in any circumstance. Um, no, no, and I'm not saying that they do, but if it comes down to trading someone, and or if they decide that they want to rebuild around someone, you think it they won't keep, be Joel Embiid? You think they keep Maxi on the roster? Is what you're saying? Yes, and I okay. I think if they decide to rebuild, they'll get rid of Embiid and take what the package is. Gotcha. Because he's 29. He's been in the league for almost 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you hit your prime right about now. So he's got four or five more years where I think he'll be a, an all-NBA center. It's just can the Sixers put enough pieces around him, you know, in order for him to be successful in the next couple of years. I mean, as Celtics fans, we hope not, right? Like, we do hope not. Getting James Harden off the Sixers – that's a win for me. You know, me too. Like I think personal. they just got worse, to be honest with you. I, I do too. Um, but, like, I, again, I, I think I see Tyrese Maxey making the jump, and I think that's a good thing, you know? I, th- I really do. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, another – moving on, if you're ready to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to talk about some things that have stuck out to me so far in the NBA. Okay. Um, number one – Jalen Duran has played so well. He's played great. Yeah. He, has, he passed LeBron for the most triple doubles before turning 20. Yeah, double I mean. Doubles, double doubles, I'm sorry. I think this Pistons team, like we mentioned before, is sneaky good. You know, I think that they are very young. I think that they drafted really well this year. And I think I'm very interested to see how they do. Um Cade Cunningham has looked pretty good this season so far. And you're right, Jalen Duren. But, like, I think people forget that Jalen Duren, like, at one point or another, he was ranked the number one player in high school. You know? That's true. So he's been a high-profile guy who forewent his senior year of high school to go to Memphis early and then dropped a little bit in the draft because of that. But, like, he's still a very talented basketball player. You know what I mean? So do the Pistons now have three players that were ranked number one coming out of high school? Or at some point ranked number one? So they have Cade. Cade, Jalen Duran, James Wiseman. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. And maybe Bagley. I don't know if Bagley was. I think he was number two. I think he was number two. Um, is, Is Wiseman still on the roster? Yes. Is he he's he's inactive right now? I believe so. Okay, okay, interesting. But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it doesn't mean anything, right? Like, 
that's kind of a meaningless stat that I just decided to bring up because, or Jack decided to bring up because, I mean, high school doesn't always translate to the NBA. Like, there are multiple players who have been highly touted recruits who just don't make it in in the game um, like these guys have. But, like, I've been very impressed with the 2-2 two and two that this Pistons team is because I think that they're starting to move in a direction under Monty Williams, who, let's be clear, is a really good coach, you know? They finally have a coach who can coach, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see how this how this Pistons team continues to shape up as the season goes on. I wouldn't expect them to be anything more than a play-in team. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but I, I, I have been very impressed by them thus far. That, that I think that's a good, it's a good way to, you know, to preface that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're one of the teams that we listed as not being great, but being really fun to watch. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Because they have a team of guys who can just go out and get buckets whenever they want. Right. And there are a lot of young teams in the NBA this year that are like that, you know? Um, but there are a lot of bad teams. And I think that this this Pistons team has, has performed better in, let's say it how it is, it's four games, you know, than some of the other teams that we thought would, you know, put it together a little bit more. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think a lot of the teams that are really bad this year in the NBA are fun to watch. I think yep. like the most fun teams in the NBA to watch. I think that the Pacers are one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. Um, the Thunder, as we've talked about, very fun to watch. Yep. And the Spurs are pretty fun to watch too. But and I'm I'm sure no one's watching Spurs games, but they're pretty fun to watch, and so are the Pelicans. Oh, I'm watching Spurs games. The teams that are just genuinely bad to me, um, well, I saw them in person last night. The Washington Wizards are dreadful. They are <laughs> atrocious. Yeah, how was that game? It was fun. It was fun because we won by. We only ended up winning by 19, but we were up by 40 at one point. So Classic Celtics basketball. It was. It was. Lose, lose the um, lead after playing insanely good in the first half in the third quarter. Wizards, atrocious. The Hornets, really bad. atrocious. Yep. The Raptors are not fun to watch. Yeah, they, they've, been, they've been really disappointing. Consistently, and I think the Timberwolves are really bad. They won last night. I watched them beat the Heat, which was awesome. Um, the as not a Heat guy. Uh, the Timberwolves lost to the Hawks last night. The, the Grizzlies. The, heat. the Gri- Oh, oh, Timberwolves. Okay, my bad. I got my games mixed up. I think I watched the Timberwolves beat the Heat. They did on Friday or on Saturday. That's yeah. what it was. Okay, that's what it was. Um, the Rockets have looked bad. Which yeah, the Rockets are pretty bad all around. Overly, but, isn't but overly pretty, surprising. Well, to us, yes, we said that they were going to be quite good this year. We didn't say they were. They, we said they had a chance to be a play-in low playoff team. I don't think we said they were going to be good. But, yeah. Okay, but by right. Rockets standards, that's pretty good. No, I agree. I agree. And a team that's really surprised me thus far, even though it probably shouldn't, has been the Grizzlies. They've been they've been really bad. 0-4. Yeah, they Jaw. I know. Although, that's... at points in the past without Jaw, they got better. Yep. But you know who I think the cornerstone of that team is? Jaron Jackson. Oh, okay. No, Stephen Adams. Yeah, he's out for the season. I think they don't know what to do without him. Okay. That, hey, I that's see an... this being a big down year for the Grizz. Interesting take. I don't. I don't hate it. I think that's interesting. I think we have to wait and see until Jock comes back to you know really make a decision on the Grizzlies. But like, you know, this is a team that you saw that was second in the Western Conference last year, and they're now sitting at fifteenth. 
Like, that's just interesting to me. Um, you know, there are a lot of bad teams in the NBA this year. Like, there are a lot of good teams, and, I mean, after four games, it's kind of hard to, like, differentiate the good from the bad yet. Um, but I also just think that this year, a lot of teams are looking to be competitive. You know what I mean? There are a lot of teams that I'm not sure whether they're good or not. We're going to yeah. have to wait a little longer before we make that decision. Uh, Mavericks, are they good? I it's Yeah, good question. Good question. I um, think Luka's really good. The Portland Trailblazers, are they good? No. How, how about I how about I run run you through them and then you on the spot have to make a decision. As Mavericks. if they're after if they're good or not throughout Yes. throughout the, I'm okay. going to give you teams that are to the public consensus mediocre. And you're going to yeah. have to tell me whether they're good or not. All right, hit me. Okay? Yeah. Um starting with the Mavericks. Okay, I think they're good. Um I think Lucas look good. I think that you know, when Kyrie is healthy, they're in like they're in win mode. Um, someone who's been very, very impressive this week, or like throughout the first couple of games, has been Derek Lively. Um, Duke guy. Yeah, he's looked you know? really good. He had a double double. Yeah, he he's been he's been awesome. You know, and I think we expected it just because of the way that he played at the end of the season with Duke when we were watching him uh, last year. Um, and I mean, of course, we're always pulling for Grant Williams around here just because why wouldn't we? So I wore his jersey to the game last night. Obviously, he's he's played well. You know, he's played well. Um, I think this Mavericks team is pretty talented this year, and I think that they can make some noise, especially if Derek Lively makes that jump to being like a starting caliber big, which is what they've been sorely lacking for a, a bunch of years now. Yeah, and if you're an old corner office listener, you know just how much. I love Derek Lively. I was glazing the hell out of him during the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next team, Atlanta Hawks. I think they're bad. Um, I don't know if they have an identity right now. Losing John Collins, I think, is a bigger deal than people think it is for them. Um, of course, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young have played very well, especially within the wins that they've had. But I think that they're struggling to have an identity as this team, and I don't think that their guards are good enough to compete at the highest level. Thoughts on DeAndre Hunter? Hey, he's played. He's played well. Miami Heat. Uh, it's so hard to tell. You can with the never Miami tell Heat. with them. I. I'm gonna say they're good, just because, I think that. It's not a team that I'm going to let myself count out ever again um, from the amount of times I've been burned by the Miami Heat. Tyler Heroes looked very good thus far. Um, they're missing Bam Adebayo, which is a big loss for them in the past couple of games. But Jimmy Butler hasn't looked like himself yet, I don't think. Um, and maybe that's just because it's regular season Jimmy and not playoff Jimmy. I mean, even though he wants you to believe there isn't a difference. He's been kind of passive thus far in the season, and I think that if they have any chance of winning games decisively, they're going to need to, you know, have him step it up a bit um, with, like, his scoring and productivity. But if Tyler Hero continues to play like he's been playing, I think they'll be a pretty good team. I mean, they forced the Celtics to their second-closest game this season, I mean, behind the next game. Um, but yeah, again, I don't think Jimmy Butler's even scored more than twenty points this this year yet. So I'm a bit concerned by them, but I'm still gonna say that they're a good team, just because if I count them out and they beat us again, I'm going to lose my mind. 
Yes, and I think that that's warranted. I'm also going to hold off on any comments about the Heat and probably will for the rest of the season. Um, Tyler Hero has looked very good, but they are sitting at 14th in the Eastern Conference right now. Okay, yep. moving to the Western Conference. Hit me. New Orleans Pelicans? I think they're good. I think if Zion Williamson is healthy, and have you seen him? Have you looked at a picture of Zion Williamson? Yes. He is a lot a, of them. He is a fridge. That man is huge. He's bigger than a fridge. He is massive. He he's got some of the biggest arms I think I've ever seen. Like he looks like. Hold on. It's it's it's. Yo. <laughs> it's wild. Um, yeah, that was wild. <laughs> look, I think that Brandon Ingram got a lot of hate for the FIBA tournament which I don't think is entirely warranted, but I think he's still, you know, an all-star caliber player, um, like a low-end all-star caliber player, probably not like a high-end all-star caliber player. With the Pelicans, it's going to always be if they can beat the good teams in the West. Like, they can beat up on the, the bad teams and the mid-teams and the teams that, Giannis, uh, that uh, I just said Giannis, Zion can bully. Um, but when they play a team like the Warriors who really spaces them out and makes them, like, play defense – that's when they start to fall apart, and you saw it in the last game that they played. But that being said, the style of basketball they play, if it if it's working, it's unstoppable. You know, Zion Williamson I agree is one with of the that. most he's one of the most unguardable players because he just won't shoot. He'll just he's like I, I don't want to say he's like Ben Simmons because he's not. He's much more of a aggressive scorer than Ben Simmons is, you know, and he just gets to the rim and gets to his spots and scores whenever he wants to. If he wants to have 40 points, he probably could just by backing people down because no one can guard the amount of mass that he is right now. So I, I'm going to say Pelicans are a good team. All right. Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to say no. Um, Anthony Edwards, I'm always pulling for, and I think that he's a really good player. Um, Nas Reed has looked pretty good, which is like always interesting. The goat, yeah. No, we're we're, we're Nas Reed guys. I just don't like Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think he's good at basketball. Um, like I I think that he's a soft defensive center, which is something that like, you, if you're a center, you kind of have to be a strong defender. And the fact that he's not, like, makes me angry whenever I watch him. And I just don't think that he's this generational shooter that a lot of people have, like, touted him up to be. And I feel like for the past couple of years, like, it's always been, oh, like, next year, like, Carl Anthony Towns is going to make the jump. You know, he's going to be the guy. You know, he's going to be a center that's, like, a top five center in the NBA. And I guess you could make an argument that he is that. But for me, like, I'm just not confident in the fact that he's ever going to take the leap to being um, an all-NBA caliber player. Um, I think Anthony I Edwards I think Anthony Edwards is spectacular, but I don't think that he can sustain this team, like, throughout this loaded Western Conference. So I'm going to say they're, they're a low-end playoff team again, and to me that means that they're going to be disappointing. Yeah. I agree with that one. Not high on the Timberwolves at all. I think that the Rudy Gobert trade was one of the worst trades in NBA history. Yeah, I didn't even mention that, but yeah, yes, that is true. That is that and is definitely true. The last team I'm going to throw at you. Hit me. Portland Trailblazers. 
I'm saying no. I'm out on the Trailblazers. I know that we're pretty like you were pretty high on them coming in, and they just got their first win the other night. Um, Jeremy Grant's looked fine. Shaden Sharps looked pretty good thus far, and Malcolm Brogdon looks pretty good thus far. Aiton doesn't look like he's making the jump that we expected him to make offensively yet. Um, I can't tell if that's because he's not the focal point of the offense, which, I mean, I think is warranted considering that he wasn't in Phoenix and maybe he never will be, you know, but I feel like that's the guy that you should be trying to see development from. And I just don't think he's there yet. Um, He's averaging like nine points a game right now. Way too low, in my opinion. Scoot Henderson hasn't looked great in the four games that he's played, but he's a rookie, so we're going to give him a pass on, on that, I think. Um, but I mean, I think that you were very high on the trailblazers being a dark horse team. And I just think that, you know, the, the best chance that they have, um, is for Anthony Simons to come back and losing him to injury for six weeks is a big deal for them. Um, and like, with all that being said, like this team is so new to each other that they need time to mesh, you know, and Dame leaving opens up the floor for so many new possibilities and so many new people to step into that role, you know, where there are so many more shots available that I think it's going to take them some time to figure that out. But with like that being the the main issue with them right now, they're just not a good basketball team. Yeah. And the, the final team that I'm going to throw at you, by the way, went back, did some research Marvin Bagley was number one coming out of high school in 2017. Was he really? Interesting. He was. Okay. So they have... The so they're just the high school team, you know? Yeah, they're four. It's like the Ravens-Heisman formation. And I said it in my... Um, it, it isn't out yet, but I said it in my NBA preview that I'm in the middle of crafting right now. The Detroit Pistons are a team that is full of guys where you're like, yo... Their high school or college mixtape was so fire. Yeah, it's so tough. And you look it up. Yeah, and then you look it up and you're like, damn, that shit was tough. <laughs> and that's it. That's that's all they have right now. They have hoopers, but they don't have a team. Yeah. So give me your take on the Detroit Pistons. Look, I think we talked about them a little bit earlier. Um, so I won't harp on it too much. Right? But like I I think they're good. I think they're I think I think that with competent coaching under Monty Williams with this entire roster of guys who, you know, can be molded into good NBA players and hopefully that means keeping Killian Hayes anywhere but from the court. Or anywhere but on the court. Um, you know, I think if Jalen Duran continues to take the leap that we're seeing, if Cade Cunningham continues to keep the leap that we're seeing, and if Asar Thompson develops into anything that can be like the type of player that he is, which is just like a, a a fantastic glue guy where he just plays and defends really well and plays hard. And then you got guys off the bench like Jaden Ivey, who, you know, had a really good rookie season last year at the start. If he can get back to that type of form that he was at. Um, and if you can see some contributions from like, you know, from this young core that they have, I think that they could be a team that, you know, you see making a playoff push. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for that. Do you have anything else you want to add on before we wrap this up and kick it off until Thursday? Go Seas. Go Seas. Always. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the Celtics. Celtics no, number one in the Eastern Celtics Conference right now. 
what are we, 3-0, three, three and oh, I three believe? And oh. Hasn't really been a convincing three games aside from the Wizards game, but um, we are 3-0. Oh. That is Christoph's a good thing. Kristaps made a hell of a debut. Kristaps looks awesome. You know what? I, I hated the trade in the moment, but sometimes you got to sell the— I believe you hated it. Sometimes you got to sell the soul of your team for a championship ring, and if that's what we do, more power to us. Yeah. As long as we get that ring, though. Yeah, we need a ring. Ring, yeah, ring is it. mandatory. Ring is mandatory in that in that type of scenario. Absolutely. All right. Well, as always, tune in on Thursday, annual Thursday football upload. We're going to digest our NFL picks from this week and hopefully get on track. And, hey, we might even start betting spreads. Who hey, knows? Maybe. Stay. Maybe. maybe. Um, before we end, obviously got to give a quick shout-out to Cooper Flagg, main boy committing to Duke. <laughs> Absolutely pumped to watch that. We're going to dive into that, boy. I'm assuming, a little bit later. Yeah, dude. But until next time, this has been The Corner Office, and I'm Jack Byrne. And I'm Alex Penders. Corner three. Corner three. This episode is brought to you by Romeo's Sports Bar and Grill. Conveniently located in Scarborough, Yarmouth, and Topsom, Romeo's Bar and Grill has been a great atmosphere for food, drinks, sports, and family fun since 1989. I've spent many hours inside of Romeo's, and it is my go-to place whenever I need somewhere to watch the big game. My personal favorite item on the menu is the chicken parmesan pizza, but there are plenty of other options like burgers, wings, and appetizers galore. If you are looking for a spot to bring the family, or just a place to relax and enjoy some food, give Romeo's a try. Now back to the action.